Hello and welcome to What's in the Bag with myself, Josh Shreve. This week, I'll be delving into the bag of Jaguar and picking out five objects from her musical past. And my God, does she have a few to choose from. From presenting on BBC Introducing and Represent Radio to DJing weekly events across Europe, including some massive nights at Warehouse Project and Printworks. If you want to hear new music on the radio or in clubs, then she is someone you really need to get to know. Well, thank you for having me down to this, would you call it a box? Yeah, I would. <laughs> I would call it a box, yeah. I've always seen videos of Represent and mm-hmm. you doing your stuff down here and various other people. And you never like, it's one of those things when you, you haven't been there, you don't really know what the vibe's like or whatever, but it's, mm. it's a cool place, guys. Yeah, it, it is cool. I mean, I, I've only realised I've been here for two years now doing my show. Had you always wanted to go to Rep? Was it one of the first places you were like, I need to get a show there? Well, it's funny because I applied for a show when I first moved to London uh, three years ago and then I just never heard back and I was like oh, screw represent and then um, I did a guest mix here for my friend Ben who now is on Kiss um, and then the station manager was like oh he's that girl he needs to get her on represent and I was like what I applied he was like I never saw your application <laughs> so um, well you're hot in demand at the moment <laughs> Jaguar um, as I said we're down at represent um, stu- represent studios yeah, call it that. let's call it that. And it's in Pop Brixton, so sort of the heart of Brixton. I've never been here. It's amazing. Yeah, I could tell because you got lost. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm by a record. There's like a record shop. There's a. It's burger. cool though. It's something for everyone. Yeah, there's lots of smells downstairs. Good smells. Yeah. Lots of nice food. Yeah. You're doing so much at the moment, and just from me knowing you personally, but if you were to like look on your social channels and stuff, it'd be mm. like you never stop. You just asked me just now what I'm doing this weekend, and. You were like, oh, I wish I was going to that Chemical Brothers gig. And then we're like, oh, no, I'm busy. I was like, of course you are. You're up and down the country. You're either sort of DJing at events like Warehouse Project. Mm. You're presenting Beds, Hearts and Bucks uh, Three County Show, which is mm. my neck of the woods. So it a is. lot of love for that. Yeah. Um, but I originally met you, I guess, up uh, in Sheffield when you were doing BBC Introducing. Yeah, that. that was like, was that, that was like, was that 2016? I think it was, yeah, it was 2016, it so it was my third Jesus. year of uni and you were on the BBC Introducing Yeah, tour. that's crazy. <laughs> and now both in London. How's the journey been with BBC Introducing? Again, was that something you always wanted to get into and a real milestone? Yeah, it's, uh, introducing is literally my favourite thing in the whole world, like, and yeah, I can't believe it's nearly been four years that I've been a part of it, that's crazy. Um, for me... It's the most important thing of what I do, like basically playing new music, discovering new music, giving new artists a platform. Um, and it's, yeah, it's been amazing for my own like personal development as well as a, as a music lover, as a DJ, as a broadcaster. I'm so grateful. And the stuff like BBC Introducing Live, mm-hmm. which is growing, it's only done, it's been two years, hasn't it? Yeah, so this was the second one um, at Tobacco Dark. It's basically a big events three-day event showcases masterclasses panels gigs dj sets everything and like it's just it's wild like you walk around you see all these people there like young people as well it's like it's really like bang on with like reaching out to young people interested in music and musicians and that has been amazing as well and i'm excited to see how that grows um, you got to interview Pete Tong there. I did, which yeah. Which must have been pretty cool. I was so scared, Josh. 
How do you prepare for something like that? Um, so mentally, I just had to like give myself a pep talk <laughs> a lot. You must have met him. Before, yeah, I've met him a few times, but bless him, he's 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 quite shy, and he doesn't. <laughs> it's like kind of weird as he's a broadcaster, but like he doesn't really open up that easily. So that was, I was scared one because he's Pete Tong, and I was like. Jesus, like, he's a big deal. He's a legend. And then, two, I was a bit scared because I felt like it might be a difficult interview just because he doesn't do this often and he's a little bit shy. But we got there. And yeah. from sort of household DJs and presenters like Pete Tong, mm-hmm. it, mu- it must be nice for them to see, like, you, who's th- that quite bit younger coming through, and for, for Annie Mack as well, mm-hmm. who's been a big supporter of, of yours. How have you felt? Because sometimes, I guess, the, the music industry and the radio industry can be really really daunting especially at the beginning oh my god you found you've had the right champions with you all along yeah I've I don't know it's interesting because I only like started radio like five I want to say five years ago or six years ago maybe Um, and that just came from doing student radio but it wasn't until I went to uni in Leeds I love Leeds (laughs) um and Digital Radio and like started doing my shows and just getting really into it that way. I didn't really consider you could get jobs in radio. Like I listened to like I listened to radio um, a lot, but not like I wasn't like a radio nerd. You know, some people obviously I'm now, but some people like loved it from the beginning, and I, I it was always something that was there. But it wasn't until I started doing it then I sort of immersed myself within it. And then um, yeah, I was lucky enough to do um, an internship, Radio One, one extra when I was 19, and that for me was has changed everything like, as you said I was able to see, like be there and see these amazing broadcasters like Annie and just build relationships with people there and I think that was a real turning point for me well from that mm. then Annie getting you on Annie Mac Presents yeah. up at Warehouse Project and mm-hmm. all the other things uh, Annie Mac Lost and Found yes Lost and Found as yeah well. so I've, um, I played Lost and Found this in 2019 for the first time I went to it like three years ago um, just for fun and it was amazing so to play it for the first time was amazing I'm playing again um, this year which would be great I'm also playing the Animat Presents Printworks gig let's talk about um, Warehouse Project and Printworks yep I've done both recently mm-hmm. first of all thank you very much for uh, oh, yeah, you, you, sort, you sorted me out with a ticket for the, <laughs> my pleasure for the Annie night and, we had um, fun it was great to see you there and it's massive Mm -hmm. Uh, it is just ridiculous what was it like playing that and have you played Printworks or would this be a first time Printworks I have played I played with Smirnoff in like last year in the dark room which is the small room um that was it was a good experience but it's like this is what I'm kind of getting used to now like the speakers are so loud like if it's not that full because you're playing early it's quite echoey so there's all these things that you just don't really have in small clubs so that's those are the things I'm adjusting to warehouse project um the second one I did the AMP Halloween one so I opened the main room and that that was such a fun gig like I don't know it just filled up really quickly it was really nice vibe could kind of take my time with the mix for me to be playing them now like having you know been a fan of these places for so long so it still doesn't get old like it's it's still just so exciting are those two venues like the strongholds <clears throat> you think for that kind of going out I mean that's it depends what you want really like for massive massive gigs in the UK like yeah Warehouse Project I think is the biggest thing it's like over 10 thousand in this new venue Printworks is a close second but then those are like the sort of super clubs but then I also like you know so many amazing clubs like Fabric 
or I recently went to Invisible Wind Factory in Liverpool which I'd love to play at it was really cool um, so it, it depends what you want but there's also so many amazing clubs you know in the UK and beyond is like, it a bit like because I can see you very much mm. in the near future wanting to put you on your own line of events mm. like Annie has mm-hmm. is it a bit like I'm starting to think when I go to someone's wedding I'm like they've done that bit right yeah. that's good I'll, I'll nick that idea for if I get married oh, they've done that bit right. I'll avoid that are there like bits of other people's uh, events where you're like that's a really great idea and you're starting to build up an mm. image of what you might want to do in the future yeah I think well, I think with anything you can't like you I'm always looking at other people are doing and like if something if something is amazing like you can just take that bit of information make it better and use it for your own for sure and I, I yeah I do that with a lot of I mean I think, I think everyone does that if you you know no idea is original these days but <laughs> I do want to start putting on events in the near future and I'm Working on some sort of plan, so we'll see how that develops. You never stop, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I, I don't know how to, to be honest. But yeah. Um, with the DJing, mm. was was that the first kind of? I guess it is an instrument. Did you ever learn <laughs> instruments when you were younger? Or was this for the first? Time uh, that, yes. Avenue into music. I did. Um, when I when we get to my items, I'll I'll reveal what instrument I played. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I played a few, but not. I wasn't great. And um, growing up, was it always electronic music you liked? Because I, I, you know, I keep an eye on your tweets and your movement. You were very excited by Pussycat Dolls. Oh my God, recently. God, I want to go. Um, Love I them. Know, for some reason, whenever I think of the Veronicas, I think of you Yeah, as well. I was a huge Veronicas fan. I still kind of am. Um, I mean, I'm not going to pretend that I've always been into house and techno because I think some people do. Some people, like some people have always been into that but some people definitely are like yeah when I was eight I was going to raves I'm like no you weren't <laughs> um, when I was younger I just loved like contemporary music I loved pop music I listened to a lot of the stuff my brother was listening to so like I guess early stuff that I did love was like I did listen to like Chemical Brothers and like Eminem and like but even like Black Eyed Peas was my first album I bought and <laughs> Destiny's Child like so you know it was just whatever I guess now you've got those two main avenues of yeah you're a DJ by night but you also have the BBC Introducing show which is yeah. just a plethora of new music mm-hmm. and, um, what's the story you've been most proud to be part of with the BBC Introducing stuff well of an artist yeah I've got so many um, are there any ongoing now that you're just like this is going so well for them yeah I mean one I can't ignore is like with the Prosper Boys because like they're my they're my friends from well, I met Harvey um, in Leeds like again like five years ago on a night out he was like 17 <laughs> shouldn't have been that but anyway I met him and we ended up going to this after party um, from a night out and then we were just there like talking about our hopes and dreams and he was like I just want to be a music producer and I was like I just want to be a radio presenter and we became friends and like really bonded from that moment and um, with introducing one of the things I started doing was like helping push dance music because um, originally it was a bit more like indie focused and that we're thinking of ways we can diversify introducing so we did a stage at Creamfields and a stage at ADE um, in 2017 so I just said to the boys like you have to send in a mix because I feel like you'd be really good for this so they did and we picked them we got them at Creamfields they're their first ever DJ set of us in 2017 I think Danny Howard and Monkey were like helped playing some of their stuff on Radio 1 to sort of push that as well then we took them to ADE they did a live set of their like drum pads and guitars and even even that like the difference between Creamfields and ADE like at Creamfields Gosha 
his mum like took them to the festival and then <laughs> by the time we got to AD like three months later they had their managers with them and it was a lot you know so even that that really helped them there and then uh, obviously they had all these tunes ready then they released Prayer a year later which was a huge track for them and yeah. I think with that sort of initial grounding of introducing they had you know already had the connections of people like Danny and Annie and label people sort of aware of them so when they did release a banger and it you know was catapulted on radio and put in playlists they were ready to like you know people already knew who they were a little bit and they sort of had loads of tools ready to help help them progress and you know now they've got a label bring out these amazing music videos they've got um they've got their own mini record label as well they're touring the world they played at glastonbury this year they're playing played on radio one all the time but they're amazing and but in, i think introducing and if you ask them they will tell you like it was a huge part of that mm-hmm. story well, i remember hearing them working on daytime radio annie playing them as one of mm. the hottest records yeah. and then them sort of bubbling up to daytime and if you think that's 12 months and you're talking about you know, 12, 24 mm-hmm, months before mm-hmm. that. So it's all stepping stones. Yeah. It's a true story of if you don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Then. And anyone listening to this, if you are an artist, like, I implore you to send your music to BBC Introducing because honestly, it can, it can change everything. Like, from that first upload, it can change anything. Let's go through your items then. Okay. So this one is quite bulky. <laughs> now, this. I'm glad we started with this. Is eye-catching to say the least and by that I mean that is old that's old you can tell that's old it's a it's a quick silver um, I guess CD case it is a like CD case the classic one you take on holiday yeah um, with a walk yeah this is great so let's delve into this oh my god so straight away we've got Gwen Stefani's oh. Sweet Escape is that is that a single? Um, that's her second album but it's not her best album her, de- her <laughs> debut album was iconic but that one's alright so you've got this is building a picture of how old would you have been? so this is basically my CD case from when I was I don't know nine eight and be honest, did you have to proper dig this Ten? out or is it to hand at all times? So I, well, I recently found it actually because my mum dropped like a box of all this stuff that obviously she doesn't want. So I, so I, I was like, oh my God, my CDs. Um, so I think, that's my, I think that's my first ever CD case. Because obviously back in the day when we had Walkmans, I was obsessed with my Walkman. Mm. Like lo- any car journey, just obsessed with just plugging in, putting on my Gwen, putting on my Black Eyed Peas or as, I mean, keep keep digging there's a lot in there okay so yeah Beyonce in fact I remember weirdly okay so Beyonce we've got um, Dangerously in Love huge album and then next to it we've got Black Eyed Peas Monkey Business now this is really weird because my dad's friend burnt me some copies of his CDs oh my god that was a thing wasn't it and these were two of them really so (laughs) it's very much exactly the same era Um, that Beyonce album was incredible yeah (laughs) <laughs> it actually like and the track Dangerously in Love on that album is stunning so debut single debut like solo album loved it I mean she's pretty timeless yeah someone like Black Eyed Peas <laughs> you don't ever put Black Eyed Peas 2010 onwards no that never, when even, they went all electronic it was weird yeah I mean the first the first well they actually had a first sound before Elephant didn't yeah they? before Fergie and then Elephant and Monkey Business were where mm. it was like bang. so another fun fact about Black Eyed Peas so before they before Fergie joined Nicole Scherzinger from Pussycat Dolls she was going to join and be like the female lead no but I think she then got offered the Pussycat Dolls 
thing. Thoughts on that? Do you think it would have been better or worse? I think. I, I think Nicole Scherzinger is incredible, so I generally think Black Eyed Peas might have been, <laughs> I don't know, better. Um, but I love Fergie, to be fair. I think you'll probably find her album in there too, actually. But yeah, just a fact. It is what it is. This is like a yellow one with a star on it. Is that Corinne Bailey Ray? <laughs> I hope so. Whoa, wait a minute. What? We've got Corinne Bailey Wright, and next to it, this is an unlikely pairing, Evanescence. Okay, so I was obsessed, obsessed with Evanescence. <laughs> I loved them. What was it about them? <sighs> Don't know. Was it just the one tune? I heard Bring Me to Life, yeah. and I was like, oh my God, what's it? I think I was eight, and I was just like screaming to this goth pop, or like goth rock pop song. I don't know. I just, I just love them. The video for that was mad. But I was, like, like, I had like, I had all the albums. And I was, <laughs> all like, Amy Lee, the singer, that. iconic, iconic. <laughs> I'm not ashamed. From Evanescence to <laughs> Let's Turn Over Here. Oh God. Evanescence again. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Fergie's here. Yeah. The Duchess. There we go. Mm. Um, <laughs> I haven't got much to say about. Her. <laughs> yeah. Bless her. Bless her. <laughs> What's this? Another Gwen Stefani. Oh, is that that's the debut album? Okay, Love cool. Angel Music Baby. So this is that's the better one. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Gwen is iconic. <laughs> There's a theme here, a lot of like strong Kelly females. Breakaway. Oh my god, I loved Kelly Clarkson. Clarkson. <laughs> I'm I, I'm very happy. You know what? I'm actually I'm recording next week with Helena. We're recording a Boxing Day special to go out and represent, and our genre because we can do a wild card is Naughty's Pop. Amazing. So I will definitely be diving into my. You're going to have loads of people who would usually tune in to represent going, oh, this is different, <laughs> I get, but I'm here for it. Because the thing is with this kind of music, you can't deny whether it's guilty pop yeah. or like rubbish old R&B or even crap indie. Mm-hmm. You've liked one of them, if not all of them. Oh at my some god! Point. I used my to first love album R&B. Was the Hoosiers. Oh wow! Do you remember who they were? Yeah, of course. I met the Hoosiers. <laughs> they like I did like the Christmas light turn on when I was at college, and they were like, "This is like years after they'd had hits." So I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what they're doing now, but yeah, they were interesting. Very much. Uh, we've got a now sixty-five. Oh my God. Both sides. Um, that was kind of golden era for. Yeah, they're still going. Think. That it's like now a hundred and four. I think. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't feel right. I know. I saw it on a bus stop recently. I don't even know what would be on it now. Sugar Babes Overloaded <laughs> Singles Collection Who doesn't love the Sugar Babes? Again, they're another group that come on, you know, after a few mm. drinks I think, I don't think it's bad to be nostalgic about music But it's come a long way since <laughs> I just think that was some sort of golden era right there Well And that's hasn't even got my Veronica's CDs in, so this is quite I don't know where they they're are They're probably frames, yeah. gold frames No, what? No. <laughs> right, next I'm going to pick out This which is yeah this uh, is slightly cooler Jaguar uh, yeah this is like zooming forward 15 yeah. <laughs> more yeah, maybe 20 no 15 years um, this is now I never know how quite mm. to say it do you want to introduce it well there's many ways I think you actually say meant to say DJ Kotze but DJ Cozy Knock Knock I think it's his it's his second or third album I can't remember either way this one came out was this last year god I can't remember now I think now. it was, was a couple before? of years ago yeah it might have been when I started um, getting out of my indie hole and started listening a bit more to a wider selection yeah. of music, um, and this was like a go-to for quite a lot of people for mm-hmm. that year, and like it was everywhere when you'd go out and yeah. pre's or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, because he had that big track pickup which samples Gladys Knight, and then but 
and obviously that was a banger but I've, I've been a fan of him for a while because he's so like I don't know his productions are just so interesting and like drawn out and textured and sad and I don't know and, and that album I think the first time I heard it like the first track is like I think I was like drifting in and out of sleep I think I was on like a bus somewhere or somewhere and the track sort of like gets into your brain and I don't know and then you're sort of in the album and there's all the tracks are completely different there's like sort of hip-hop elements there's indie kind of vibes there's more dancey stuff and it's just it's like it's this different world in that album and I think it's one of my favorite albums of all time did you when you heard this because obviously as we've said like you you would have been listening to heaps of electronic mm. music of different types mm. um was this something completely different to what you'd heard and yeah you think how you maybe listen to it or whatever I think he's just really authentic like it's not like standard dance music like it's it's not like club music really and that it's just like it feels just like a, a composition I think like he is a musician he's I don't know he's great love him I'm guessing you own a vinyl player yeah I mean I only actually got one this year but I've just got a whole bunch of vinyl <laughs> Nice. So now I can finally play them, <laughs> which is nice. And I'm be meaning to learn how to actually mix with vinyl. I was going to say. I don't have technics. My housemate, Mo, who you know, does. But I'm waiting for those lessons. But it's on my list to, now that I've actually got quite a lot, that I could definitely would be able to let, practice mixing on. It's on my list well, at some point. <laughs> just be I'm so sure fun. Do it next time we chat, yeah. down. So from the golden oldies mm. to uh, a, a newer sound. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, let's di- dive back into the bag. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a bit um, creased. This is uh, yeah. So it's. Tell me what it is. It's, it's framed. It's got some yeah. old blue tack on the back, and it looks fresh like, on the wall. <laughs> it looks like a sound form. Yeah, it's like the waveform for a track by Bicep called Just. My friend Beth got me that for. That's actually got my birthday. So I was going to say, so there's a date on it. Which for is... my birthday in 2016. So how old I was, 20... For one of my birthdays. I can't... <laughs> this is, yeah, it's embarrassing. But yeah, that's one of my favourite tracks of all time. One of my favourite electronic tracks. I think Bicep are incredible. That was sort of... I don't know, just a really nice time for me. It was when I was sort of really getting into electronic music, like at uni. And I remember going to Hideout Festival for the first time with my friends. And that was a track that we just would just listen to again and again and again. And it's just, oh, it's incredible. Bicep <laughs> are just the best. Like, they just are. Oh. Bicep playing at? Oh, oh yeah, we saw that. them play, yeah. And yeah. was that the first time you saw them? Um, potentially, yeah. I love that track Glue that they do. Yeah. Which is now, it's like made it onto like a Vodafone advert or something. Yeah, it is on a, it is on a, yeah. But I'm kind of happy about that because they're great. It's a real earworm, Um, Are you at the stage now where you can look at a waveform and be like, I think I know what that song is if if you're looking over someone's shoulder in a DJ set. From the waveform? Yeah. I've never tried. I reckon that's the next skill. I doubt it. <laughs> um, so that is, this, is a skill. Is this on the wall at home currently? And you've got uh, it down? Yeah, it does. Okay. It does live on my wall. Nice. Mm. Whereabouts? Um, I have this like, because my room is actually meant to be the living room. <laughs> so there's like a, it's like a fireplace, but it's not a fireplace anymore. So there's sort of like a mantelpiece, and it lives on there. Two more items then. Uh, <laughs> let's delve in. So. <laughs> Okay, so this is, I believe, where we're going to go down the route of... Oh, God. <laughs> is that you on the... 
This is incredible. This is exclusive because not many people have seen this. So it's a leaflet for, is it your old school? Yeah. Um, and you are playing, I don't know what you're playing. What are you playing on the front of it? You're in some sort of orchestra. Of I was in sort. junior band. Mm-hmm. I'm playing the oboe. <laughs> Um, my friend Louise always rinses me because that picture is just ridiculous. Like, why is that on the front of a of the? What well, I don't even know the music calendar leaflet. Ridiculous. Anyway, um, but yeah, I used to play the oboe, which is a fun fact. Some people don't know. What is the oboe? It's like a clarinet, but skinnier and has a reed that sticks out the top. <laughs> it's quite difficult to play. Well, yeah, it's difficult to make it sound good as well. You, like, you look like you're really putting the effort in there, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> At least I wasn't faking it, you know. <laughs> I knew some people who were in the band and they just like pretended to play their violin, whereas I, you know. Did you like go and do like big shows with the school or was it very much? It was just- short lived. Like, I mean, I played the oboe like for like three or four years. I think I was in the band for like e- two years, but I didn't like being in the band. And I really did enjoy playing it, but I just never practiced and like. Do you know what I mean? It was always like, oh, I'll do it later. But actually, when you when I'm doing it, because it's such a beautiful instrument, when you get it right, <laughs> it actually sounds really nice. And I don't know, it's just fun. But it's been a few years. Is that the only instrument you've ever learned? I played the piano like really briefly when I was a kid, and then would just like mess around on it. And then I was in the choir actually. I forgot not for that long. Fancy yourself as a singer? Not really. No, <laughs> I cannot sing. Um, but I know how to harmonise, but I can't sing. I always think it's weird that I can't I love music to death and I love going to gigs and I love talking about music and I mm. talk as if I know the music but I can't play a thing but like, have you tried? I tried guitar when I was like 15 oh yeah I went through that phase too and I had like quite a young teacher so he was like three years above me mm-hmm. and I'd just be like just bring in a Arctic Monkeys song or a Fall song or just mm. jam and you never, I never really got past actually that and it was just a few songs I could learn I feel like unless your head's really screwed on, you're really committed, it's quite hard past the age of like 15, 16 to really knuckle down and learn an instrument mm. and be like one yeah, of the guys. Yeah, my big regret is not... Because I always wanted to play the drums and I'm actually adamant. I'm, I've been trying. To, I've, I've found a drum kit, an electronic drum kit, but it's in York. So I've been trying to figure out how to get it here. What do you mean it's in York? The drum kit I found is this <laughs> friend of a friend, I'm a second sure hand. I know, but this, I, this is, I get infatuated by things. I really wanted to get this drum kit, but it's in York, and I, I've been trying to figure out how to get it to London because I can't drive. Let's so. crowdfund drum kit. <laughs> Down here. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. DJ Dex. It's going to be full on drums. But yeah, I'd love to play drums, and I wish I had learned it when I was younger because I always wanted to, but I was like too scared. It's it's the instrument now between me and my friends when we're watching a band, we just go, Mm. the drum is so cool. Yeah. Like Matt Helders for me and the Arctic Monkeys was always an idol, and now Jack Bevan and Foles and stuff. The things they can do with the drums is is mad. Sick. I'm jealous. I just don't. And also, a drummer who can sing, Mm. mad. Like um, Anna Pryor, the drummer in Metronomy. I'm sometimes just like, how do you multitask that? I know. Even when Anderson Pack does his little, oh, like how does he? How does he? I don't understand. Oh, Georgia. How does she drum and sing? And I know. Well, we what? went to see Georgia recently. Yeah. Didn't oh we? my god. Loved, loved that game. The look on your face. You were like, because <gasps> it, it, it is that kind of. Now we've spoken about the drumming. It's kind of like an amalgamation of all your favourite things coming together at once. Yeah. Yeah. 
she's like this, she's got the synths going yeah the drum definitely like a, like electronic chicago house influence like poppy as fuck incredible like she's just got it all i love georgia she's just released her debut album mm. so big year for her she's on the new mirror massa album um yeah, she's a really she's a really exciting one. Mm-hmm. One of my faves at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, quite the range of yep. items at yep. the moment. I know. Uh, brings us to our last one. It's very small. This one. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug. Here we go. So this is my first ever business card. <laughs> I found I found a box of them in my room, and I was like, I have to pick, I have to bring one of these. Um, it's this is an amazing <laughs> name on this because you've got your Jaguar on the DJ yep. presenter, and then read that email out to us. <laughs> Dangerousjag at gmail dot com. This uh, this strikes me of an email someone about the age of eleven. <laughs> Not- <laughs> wow! I used to be Josh Manu fan. Oh well, yeah. Um, have we still got this email? Do you have something else now? It is still around, but I don't use it. Um, I've sadly since rebranded. Because yeah, when I was at when I was at uni, my friend as a joke used to call me Dangerous Jag because there's a rap in a Jaguar Skills. Remember him, Jaguar Skills? Yeah. Jaguar Skills mix, and it goes, to me, DJ means dangerous jag. DJ means dangerous jag. And I was, like, obsessed with Jaguar Skills, mainly because we shared a name, and he was a great DJ. Um, so I, when I did my, like, student radio shows, it was, like, early days, I used to play that little jingle at the beginning of the show, and then I used to... I called myself Dangerous Jag. <laughs> um, How long did it stick for until you were like, I'm going to ditch a dangerous? I think it was probably like a year and I was like why don't I just that's, rid- that's a ridiculous name why don't I just call myself my actual name which is Jaguar and here we are where did you how many of these did you have where did oh, you I, ca- I had a lot them? I had a lot I remember because it was when I first moved to London so I get like January 2017 I got really excited and I was going to a few like like a Red Bull event all these events that I hadn't been to before for networking so I was like I've got to get business cards so I walked to this like weird place in East London it's like factory and like got them made <laughs> I, I, I don't know like 300 wow quite a few I was like gave them to everyone all my friends, people I didn't know, people who didn't want them. <laughs> I used to leave them. I used to have one, and I used to leave them in toilets. Did you? Just like, just in case you, you get that get... email the next day. Not random toilets, like gig <laughs> venues. Um, you mentioned actually mm. Red Bull. Um, there, you've been uh, working on the podcast. Yes, putting that podcast Red mm-hmm. Bull Access All Areas. Yes, T- tell me about that. Yeah, that's been really fun. Um, it's basically all about festivals, and yeah, like we literally just we went to. I'm trying to remember Boomtown. Sink the Pink, Fly, which is an event in Edinburgh, um, Warehouse Project, Annie Mac Presents, and Fabric, and went to these events or festivals, and it's just all about like literally going behind the scenes, talking to the DJs, the promoters, the organisers, the you know people who do all the artwork. Like it's all just to give you a, a flavour of how much work and like love and passion goes into these festivals and it was so interesting to do what was the most surprising actual proper behind the scenes thing we wouldn't know about that came oh, out oh gosh um, good question well actually one of them the one about Fly which is the Scotland one um, they were really honest with like they were really honest with us about stuff and there was an incident where they didn't book enough buses to like pick um, to pick up the because it was a day event so to pick up all the punters and take them home there just weren't enough buses and he was like very open about sort of the the cock up that happened and 
I don't know. They, they gave us a lot of their time, and there was, yeah, that was really insightful. I think anyone who wants to like get into events or festivals or wants to know how to put one on, they're I think they're quite like practical in did, the advice they give. And again, did it like deter you a little bit, or was it like actually this is wicked? They've got their shit together. This is. What, I mean, this is I, I think throwing a festival has to be hands down one of the hardest things to do because yeah. there's so much like money, people, stress, pressure, like, billion things happening at once. The maddest thing is like festivals like last year, like. Mm. Masters where yeah. they've just gone we're on basically the edge of a cliff yeah. the weather's bad yeah. we're calling the whole thing off with a day well to go. yeah in the Boomtown episode because that happened the same weekend as Houghton which also got cancelled because mm. of the wind Boomtown didn't close which I think again they talk about the weather and like and I was there this like bit of material or not material this bit of like the stage like snapped off while one of the DJs was playing so to close the area it was yeah it was stressful let's conclude on these items (laughs) Um, so what I ask people to do is out of the five items Mm. which would you like to put in the hall of fame so so far Jimmy Blake has given me his old school homework diary which was signed by Foles on the back of it when he bumped into them at a bus stop wow that's good we've had Shannon Carragher she's given me her first ever Glastonbury wristband which was 2019 and sort of going to that festival Mm -hmm. and how amazing it was which of these wonderful items (laughs) would you like to see exhibited in our hall of fame I mean it's got to be the iconic selection of Naughty's Bangers. Yes. The CD case. Yes. Obviously. Which has pride of place? Which is the... F- are we going to stick with... What was it? <laughs> which is which is your favourite out of this? It's got to be either Gwen's debut or Evanescence debut. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is turning into quite the exhibition. Um, What's um, wrong with me? <laughs> So before you go, I've got one more big question for you. So as a DJ, I have said to you, bring along your three, in your memory, your three mm-hmm. favourite DJ sets you've seen. Which three have you gone for? So the first one is from a DJ called Hi, who's absolutely been smashing it recently. Um, I used to go, when she was doing a, f- a residency at Phonox, which is across the road from Represent, mm-hmm. I would let you go like, every week after my show because it's literally across the road it was on a Saturday my show's on a Saturday so I saw her a lot there and she'd always like get me guests and stuff which was super nice and I don't know I just I think she's an incredible DJ and just like she'd play this weird like psychedelic like 10 minute track then she'd drop like Insomnia by Faithless and it was just, <laughs> it's just really cool and I think it's like that was just before she absolutely became massive and I think it was no shock that she's become like one of the biggest DJs in the world and I think she's yeah I just really respect her and admire her and she is a sick DJ and how how do you think we're coming on in terms of female DJs and stuff because I see you're always on wicked lineups again mm. you mentioned like Annie and like of Peggy Goo obviously my knowledge is not as strong as yours <laughs> but there does seem like there's there's more female DJs coming into the frame yeah there's loads I think it's really exciting time I think it's, it's been necessary to sort of talk about the lack of diversity not just in gender but overall and that's really helpful and um, <clears throat> there's still a long way to go and some lineups you look at and you're like what is that but then uh, definitely that even in the sh- like the f- sort of four years I've properly been doing this I've seen a difference um I think yeah I think it's a really exciting time I think producers we still are like lacking in female producers 
Um, but again, there are many coming through. I think it's just a matter of time. Are there any general changes <coughs> you'd like to see in the UK nightlife, club life kind of thing? In general? Yeah. Just less pricks, like making people feel uncomfortable on the dance floor I think there should be like zero tolerance policy some places do have that but it's obviously hard to monitor Um, Is that distracting for you when you're up there trying to perform as well have you ever thought about it or heard about it after and thought that's annoyed me I don't think I've ever seen anything because I'm pretty involved in what I'm doing but I've heard stories from other DJs who've been they've like seen stuff going on and they're just like I can't ignore it but if I did I would definitely tell, like report it to someone And um, but yeah just making <clears throat> the dance floors like a safer place for everyone because they should be like a utopia you know Hi is your first one yep second second one wasn't actually there but it's a boiler room I think, I think it's, is it Deck Mantle could be it's Black Madonna back to Deck back to back with Mike Savito it's a few years old but I remember I, I used to just watch it all the time like come back from a night out and I would just like stick it on because I just think it's such an amazing mix and like they're both incredible Black Madonna's an icon Mike Savito's sick and yeah there's just so much energy and love in that in that room if you could back to back with anyone that you haven't mm, yet who would it be I'd love to I'd love to back back to back with Black Madonna that'd be cool You've been on the same bill as her, right? Yeah, I've done a few bits of her. Like, I mentioned the Smirnoff thing I did last... Yeah, whenever that was. 2018. And <laughs> she was my mentor. And I basically spent a few days with her. Like, gave me some DJ tips. Went record shopping. Um, and, yeah, she, so she was a mentor that went. Still is, like... I feel like she's there if I ever need anything. And she's great. Amazing. Don't mm. just have to watch her on screen now. Yeah. <laughs> So two there, third please Okay, this is quite narcissistic But the third is actually my favourite DJ set of mine of all time Okay, yeah I'm just saying, because genuinely it felt like next level out of this world It was in Leeds Festival 2019 Um, I closed the Relentless stage, which is like a massive I think it's like, again, like five to ten thousand capacity Like it's a massive tunnel, it looks like Primworks It's like a, but it's in a woods so it's like woods, um, trees either side. People literally see a people you can't see past it. And it was like Prosper, then it was Hannah once, and then it was me closing it. So I literally just went in, and it was, it was crazy. It was the, the energy was amazing. I was really happy with my tracks. I just thought everything about it, like all my friends were with me. It was just an amazing, amazing experience. Well, Leeds was your uni town, right? Yeah, and I went, yeah, so I have that. The fact that it was in Leeds as well was was great. Um, So what I'm going to get you to do next is, this is pretty brutal, I'm afraid. Um, Have you heard of the game uh, Snog, Marry, Avoid? Very familiar with this game, (laughs) yeah. I'm not going to ask you to do that. What I'm going to get you to do with these three is share one of these experiences. So with someone who maybe wasn't there, who you were like, they'd love it now, or I'd want to get them into this person, or I'd want them to be at my set. Um, so have it, share it with someone, share that experience again. Mm. Um, get to keep one of those experiences mm. and be able to revisit time and time again. Um, and unfortunately, you're going to have to avoid one of them. So you're going to have to never... What? Exp- have, like, you're going to have to completely forget that experience ever happened. It's erased from your memory. Wow. <laughs> Wait, so are these... What are these... Are these from the three I just said? Yeah. Okay. 
Oh, that's hard. Um, I okay. I'd keep the Leeds thing because that was just ten out of ten experience. Yeah, it sounds like you couldn't ever stop yeah. reliving that. That yeah, sounds amazing. That was great. Um, oh, that's hard. Because I mean, I guess the Black Madonna boiler room is just a boiler room. It wasn't actually there, so I might get rid of that one. And also, as, as you mentioned, like you've seen her. Yeah, since. that's true. And in, in the real flesh. Um, and yeah. I would definitely share the high Phonox night because um, it, it, it was literally my favourite, favourite event to go to for a long time. Is there anyone in particular, anyone who maybe just doesn't like that kind of music that you think like this could get them into it? You know, I would have loved to have shown my mum that. <laughs> <laughs> just because, you know, just get her a little chair behind the DJ booth, glass of wine. <laughs> just to, so she could see, like, what... Because she's been to, a, like, a, a set of mine, actually. But, like, to see, like, like this club and, like, the you know, the nightlife at its peak in an amazing club in London. I think that'd just be really cool for her to see. Was she, a, was she ever a raver or...? No, I no. highly doubt that. <laughs> her, and her, her and her friend Karen came to one of my DJ sets last year and it was just hilarious. <laughs> but no. Were they right at the front? Or like they the were. Front? They had their little leather jackets on. Oh, so sweet. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, these all these experiences and Jag, it sounds like you've got an amazing rest of 2020 ahead of you. Um, what's like the thing that you're like, oh my God, I can't wait for this to happen? Um... I'm going to be playing at Hideout Festival for the first time. Amazing. Um, I'm really excited about that because, as I said, I went to it, like, five years ago, I think. Wow. Yeah, and it was, like, my first festival abroad I went to, my first, like, big dance festival I went to, and I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to play there. I think it'll be really fun and, like, just, again, having been to it as a punter and then to go as a I guess performer and a DJ it's just like the best feeling you've already done Ibiza and you've done yep. Glastonbury yeah um now hideout what is there a holy grail for a DJ like is there like one place where it's like oh once I play that I think it has to be Panorama Bar in Berlin I haven't even been to Berlin yet um that's in Berkheim and it just sounds like the most amazing place to play in the world it's just so free there's just a lot going on a lot of yeah a lot going on <laughs> um we've all heard the stories yeah but i'd like i just heard so much about it so i want to go and then i'd love to play at some point you know when i'm ready but i'm not rushing that but i i mean to just get a berlin trip in the diary to win us but yeah i think that has to be one of the holy grails do you reckon you'd be able to convince the bouncers to let you in i hope so do you know any german nine <laughs> Do you own a lot of black clothes? Yes, I do. Yeah, those are the two That's half, Yeah, there. halfway there. There you go. Um, <laughs> Jackie, thank you so much uh, for today. And I I think um, this should actually go I on really well. I really will. You're blowing the oboe. I'm never going to get that image out of my head. Jesus. <laughs> thank Lucky you. Lucky you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of What's in the Bag. Please leave us a rating, comment, and make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. That means that each episode will drop right into your lap as soon as it's here. Follow at WITBpod on Twitter and Instagram to get info about when each episode is coming and who my next guest will be. And a final thank you to Johnny Robinson for providing the music for What's in the Bag and Charlie Shreve for creating the artwork. You can find more of his work at Charlie Shreve Design on Instagram.